positive faith about this church. Faith about the church international ministry. Bible session for tonight. It's wonderful to have you. Ephesians 1, start number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven and places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Stop there for the night. As you well know that um, all wrote by so many writers. He alludes to the present time that the writing has taken place, just like I said, just like we do today. All often referred to laws, being referred to practices and customs. Uh, and so we go back and look at them, get a better understanding of what he's saying. So you probably have heard many times about the system of adoption that's been on for many centuries and many parts of the world and still go on in some places. It's not a adoption equivalent like we have in the United States. Adoption was a serious, very, very serious legal procedure. And it came out of many reasons. People did not necessarily broke alive. Uh, uh, as we, we live much longer today than them. Uh, of course, there are a lot of infant mortality. If they wanted, descendants that they could pass on uh, their possessions to them. They, they, they adopted a system of, of adoption. So it was a legal process that someone literally become your child. And many times it was done purposefully for that person to inherit and manage are you fears after your vote? Uh, it doesn't have to have been a blood relative. Today we think of passing on an inheritance to principal of blood relative. It has to be someone who was recognized by the scale of person, the scales of uh, doing what was necessary to take out and take care of your estate, take care of your families, so forth, so on. 
families uh, included all kinds of people. Uh, families were like villages in a sense. Families extended to your workers. In this case, in that period of time, your servants, uh, you know, that was part of your family. And like I said, it was like a because it, it, you're in the, 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 the estate, if you leave, we're supposed to take care of all these people. It's a great responsibility. All understanding the will of God in our lives. God's purpose in us is why he says in love he predestined us for adoption to himself himself as sons through Jesus Christ being that once we are saved now we are brothers and sisters of Christ through this legal process that I just explained somewhat, uh, we become inheritors along with Jesus of the things that he uh, ordained for us, endowed for us, and all of this was done even before anything was created. These are some very, very powerful statement. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. That's why he's our Father. And that's why in this respect, Jesus is our brother. And he has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. And all of this is, is, is spiritual, is heavenly. It's beyond the human existence. And he chose us. He adopted us. Uh, before the foundation of the world. And that becomes very important in the relationship that we have with God. This understanding of adoption is a very, very powerful thing. So we have some responsibility. We have some, as, as deceivers of God's grace. Oh, and his mercy. As deceivers of his love. As inheritors of this great spiritual wealth. We have this responsibility to carry on in our own lives and through our own doing. The responsibility of taking care of our inheritance. Because now, being sons and brothers, of Jesus Christ in this great inheritance that we receive in according to the purpose of his will. This is what God wanted to do. This is not by accident. It's his purpose. 
is worth more than an achieve and us as believers. This is all because of grace, which He has blessed us in the beloved. So that concept, I you know, I don't know if I have emphasized it enough. I've talked about this or written about this, and you know, I I, I just can't stretch and express it enough. We we talk about eternal life, and there's no question whatsoever that this is important. But part of this whole thing about eternal life is the endowment that God gave us to His grace to be adopted sons and daughters, brothers of Jesus Christ, therefore sons and daughters of God Himself through this process of adoption. And that's why I entitled the little book, You Are More Than You Are. You're more than just flesh and blood. You're more than just a, a, a finite entity in the existence of everything. No, no, no. You have been chosen before time to be who you are in Christ and in God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, I'd like to I'd like to share with you some thoughts real quickly uh, that um, that is stated in the in the in the book that I told you about. Like, if you don't need a book. But if you get it, you will have it. Because I, you know, I remember going through all the books. And if some people I know have it already. The phrase in Christ is used many times in the scripture, quoted in the book. And of course, the text that we're dealing with tonight is in there. Therefore, the preposition in Greek that we call N is pronounced ace and also N, E-I-S and E-N, ace and N, E-N. Ace often translated in but frequently can be literally understood to be into a specific purpose or Union. We are in Christ. It's a specific purpose, a specific connection. And also at times it can mean inside. So we have a, a very, very close connection to God through Jesus Christ. And inside or operation within and our blessings 
are working in Christ himself. So all of these things of nuances that I use in the book to kind of further explain uh, what, you know, what Ephesians 1 is saying. First of all, before we talk about God's purpose in us, there's God's purpose in God. When we look at Ephesians 1, 9, having made unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. In other words, God is self-existing. Indeed, that is a basic meaning of God. God created God and exists in God. Nevertheless, God chose to reveal God to us, himself to us. This is what, what Paul was saying. This is all because of his goodwill toward us. We could exist without knowing that there is a God. And just the fact that he makes us know him, that and we can talk to him, we can finish having prayer. We can pray to him. You know, we're not just out there lost because God has made it so. Even though he doesn't need us to be God, he's a God, he's God apart from us. It's according to God's own voluntary will. Because, like I said, God can exist without our knowledge. It makes sense, therefore, that the biblical statement that promotes the existence of God as a given truth. In the book, I will explain that the Bible nowhere near ever tried to prove the existence of God. That's people. Yeah. That's kind of, I don't know, perhaps not the smartest thing that we do, but it makes us feel good. The Bible doesn't try to prove that there's a God. It's a given. It's, it's the understanding. It's a given. It's the understanding of the Bible that God exists. God exists, period. And it, it tells us in Psalms 104, uh, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek out the God. God is not in all his thoughts. The wicked man, the unbeliever, does not care or think about God. However, God exists even if people deny his existence. Psalm 14 one says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have abominable work. There is none that doeth good. In other words, 
is not so much that that the food is that it is foolish. Just come to think about it. It it is foolish to say that there's no God. You can come up with all kind of different answers, explanations, or, or or whatever. But it's not a wise thing to say that there's no God. We have no way of determining that. Moreover, in Psalms 19 and 1, it states, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the permanent show it in the underworld. It is not proclaiming an argument for the existence of God, rather it declares who God is. Actually, biblical statements regarding the reality of God are mainly against polytheism. You know, the many gods that the people had in those days. It is not about atheism, not believing in God. So, if we go back to wonderful scripture, that we are sharing tonight and look at it from that perspective, it might tell us some of the things that we're trying to say. Because God is self-existent, that's why Paul can state, we can believe, that he chose us to be in him even before the foundation of the world. And it has nothing to do with our thoughts, nothing to do with our belief. It absolutely has everything to do with God. And He predestined us for adoption. The same God that created everything the same God whose self-existence, who does not depend on anything to exist, is the one who has given us through grace this wonderful, extraordinary, impactful, unbelievable, amazing, process of being an adopted son with all rights and privileges of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I wish I had someone who would want to share some thoughts with us tonight. You can type it in in the chat box and express it on, uh, on the phone. We are not being recorded or anything like that. <laughs>